You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, guys. I'm so excited that you could join me this Monday, whenever you're listening, and just enjoy this Lord of the Rings going all the way around the Enneagram circle, all the way around that ring, if you will, to talk through and walk through some lessons for each of us in life, purpose, and marriage. I'm getting a lot of what I'm sharing today from the book I've been sharing that I'm reading, which is about Tolkien's 350 letters. I'm quite sure that he did not think we were going to be talking about his private letters. So let's honor uh, just the fact that we're reading somebody's internal space here. And also, I'm not going to be reading them with you. I'm just talking and walking them through with you so that we can learn and glean from one of the top 10 of all time best-selling authors and truly just learn from what I think is probably one of the most epic tales, if not the most epic tale we have. I know we have Odysseus and there's also nine things he confronts and there's also the nine in the Dante's Inferno. And we have so many different parallels and plus other numbers too, between all these great worlds. And today we get to embark on one of them, just like I did on the Jane Austen episode, which the last app reviewer to leave me a review said, please do one another one of these where you take the Enneagram around in a fun parallel way. And I won't say allegorical because Tolkien did not like allegory, but I will let you know that we're going to walk through something we can learn around each of the types from him, from his life, from his writings. And I hope that it will bring you purpose and meaning today for your work, for your goals, for your mission, your glow out there together. And speaking of the glow, this is our launch week. I am so grateful and happy. I have my book earrings on that my friends Amy and Anna made two and a five mama daughter pairing. Oh my gosh, they're just adorable. Amy's in a two eight marriage, um, but she's one of my best friends down here in Florida. She is my best friend down here in Florida, probably. And I'm just so grateful to have twos in my life because even as you hear me say, I'm like, probably it's hard for me to talk about emotions at all, but I love these friends dearly. I also want to tell you that before we get started, just that I'm grateful and thankful for all of the beautiful Goodreads reviews. As Tolkien would say, like, let's get these out there before the trolls come. I got to read that in one of his letters. And so please leave a review if you like the book, if you started, if you finish it. Some of you are fast readers. Some of you are just reading certain sections, but I hope that this book will be a gift for you along the whole route because just like me, we're still doing the work and I know that it's ongoing. So I'm hoping you find healthy, beautiful tales for you. It's come from a lot of people, a lot of help with my editorial, amazing team at Baker. And I hope that you truly delve deep with me so you can find your balance. Just as you know, I'm ongoing doing. That work is not done in my life. It will continue to be a beautiful and hard and white knuckling process for me and for you. But I love doing this with you. I cannot tell you how thankful I am 
for you just for being part of this community in any way. And if you're listening right now, you're part of it. So thank you. And a special thanks to my launch team. You guys have been killing it out there. I have about 100 people who have been spreading the word on one platform or another. And I can't thank you enough, especially to Baker Books and Stephanie Duncan-Smith and Christopher Farabee of the Christopher Farabee Agency for just believing in this work. And all of you, my coaches, who really helped me to bring a thousand pages of material into a cohesive book because we all felt like we needed a system, right? And you know me. I wanted to hack that system. But then pairing myself with uh, people who were Diving deeper into the heart and body spaces just helped me so much on my journey before we talk about the epic journey here in just a second. So thank you for that. I have a very cute little Instagram for those who are Instagram people, or if you want to jump on the Instagram just for this week, because we have a lot going on there being launch week, but I made a fun Gilmore Girls season vibes launch team real just to show like all of the people who have been part of this process, the joy that we have shared has been so different from my past books where I was just hacking through systems for couples. So Wednesday, we will talk about that heart space and do some stories behind the book. But for today, just know that I'm thankful, know that I'm grateful, know that I'm celebrating. And we're going to be doing several Instagram live pop-ups with some of the new marriage release uh, people that have reached out to me this week, which is so cool to be able to celebrate each other's gifts. We're all on the journey. We all have something different to share. So even tonight, if you're listening live Monday, Justin Davis is going to be sharing with me at 8 p.m. PM on an Instagram live there. But back to our topic today, we are going around the Enneagram to look at what we can learn from Tolkien at each point. So at the type one point, um, whether you like Lord of the Rings or not, it's not relevant, but what we can learn from this great author is that he was very detailed and his best friend, C.S. Lewis, uh, for many of the years, they were very best friends, called him a perfectionist and said, oh my gosh, at the very hint of turning in a critique to one of his uh, you know, editorial staff, he was just aghast. And I saw that all through the writings too, as I have been geeking out on his 350 letters book. And he is just absolutely uh, detailed down to the tiniest little jot and tittle basically. And, and he will revise at a moment's notice if he feels like something isn't good. And he would take the time to do that, which I like about ones and also fours. And We'll talk more about that at four too, but um, don't underestimate though, if you're in the one space that he had to let go of fear and frustration and he had to take 12 years to do this. So I want you to know that and to sit with it, that you often complain in the one space, and so do I, I don't have enough time, but we do, we have to use it and we have to even take five minutes a day on something if we want to project it forward. So just remember that. Now, in the two space, we can learn from one of his characters, Sam, and we've talked a bit about that. You can go back to the vault if you want to go type by type through characters with us. We had fun uh, doing that a while back, but I really want to help you to understand that in the two space, Tolkien showed love to all of us by giving us this epic saga, a piece of his heart, his magnum opus, as he called it. And yet he was also afraid, just like Tuzar, that he would not be good enough, that it would not hit with anybody. And so he was just, you know, some of that shame was there. And so know that everybody deals with that, 
but it doesn't mean you don't still put yourself forward and find people to align with you because he had a great group of friends called the Inklings that he really allowed to critique. And so there was lack of pride in that way. And that's important too for twos to know like, hey, putting it out there, I know I have a lot of room to grow. And uh, that's something we can learn from him and his beautiful character, Sam, who supported Frodo uh, on the journey, Frodo being the main character uh, to kind of walk through despair and, and Sam to be like, I am here by your side. It may not be mine to carry, but I can carry you. So the three space is a space of goal getting and tenacity. And you heard me say that Tolkien did all of that. He was also very prestigious and he glowed. His glow up was being a philologist and knowing so many languages that it was incredible and his prestige and esteem were so high. Um, but the vanity had to be broken when he had things go wrong, a lot of things go wrong in his life to humble him. And it was good to see that he continued on with those goals, even though, like I said, it took him years. I noticed sometimes he'd say, I can't do anything for a few months. We have something. Or my daughter was home and needed to go out with her friends. And there was moments where he just gave the boundary. And that's something we can learn from in the three spaces. Go for the goals, but don't forget the balance. Now in the four space, oh, was Tolkien authentic? Oh my gosh. I love that part of it because that's the part that I had to really reach for in my writing. I had to really reach for authenticity and to be able to say, okay, like this story is coming out and I don't like to share authentically. Um, that's really hard. And I think that he was the same way in a lot of his uh, personal stories. He didn't know these 350 letters would be out. Um, this is why I keep my journal in my Google. And I have this like proclaimer before, like I'm like this disclaimer. I'm like, oh my gosh, if you read this journal, blah, 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 blah. But I don't share anything crazy because I'm like him. I don't think people are going to be reading my letters. But if I did, I wouldn't want to uh, leave out my authenticity. And that's really what we see in his four space is him saying, like, here's who I am for better and for worse as a writer and my crazy, which he often calls it very self-deprecating, like my crazy work here. I don't know if it's good for anybody but me. I don't know if I'm ranking myself too high like fours can do or too low. And he really had this uh, a base sometimes of like how pathetic his art was and even though he was a perfectionist with it. And so sometimes he allowed that space and time, like I mentioned, to do things well. And I love that. It takes a long time to do things well. And um, that's what he did. And this book was a very long time coming. And I'm so glad he didn't give up on it. Um, but I also loved that, you know, tenacity of the four. And you see that in the three as well. Um, so the other piece of the four is, oh my gosh, Frodo was haunted and victimized by the ring. Um, and often Tolkien said like this book, this is a labor that I can't get rid of. I have to give it. And that's how I felt honestly about my book. Like there are things that you feel like I have to give this. This is an important part of who I am. And however it gets served up, I just want to do my best. I'll accept help. But it's part of me. It's an authenticity that has to be shared for better or for worse, whoever likes it or whoever doesn't like it. Um, now, the five space is where I really land with Tolkien. I really think that he is a five. And I should say Tolkien because I learned that that's the pronunciation and him being a philologist would have appreciated that, I'm sure. Um but I really want you to understand that fives are very good at focusing. And once he spent an entire summer dedicated to finishing the final pieces of the climb up the hardest 
most difficult terrain. Often he let his mind take him where it would. He didn't even know who Strider was. He didn't even know why he wrote the sentence in the Hobbit, in the hole in the ground there lived a Hobbit. He was like, there's this new character, Saruman. I don't know where he's going. So he let the four and the five really guide him by letting the art lead often and the story and uh, the Christian story underneath. He called it the Christian myth, but he was a strong believer. And he just said, you know, sometimes there's stories that we don't fully have the interpretation of, but he was so holy in the sense that he was like, I need to be to the letter a Christian and hold myself to the highest virtues. Um, And he really loved communion and just, you know, these deep four spaces with God. But he also loved this five space of just, you know, really focusing on something huge and taking it across to all these lands that are so detailed and deep, especially if you think of this work that he mentions all throughout his stories, the Silmarillion, uh, about this light that men would try to get at and have power over and steal and kill for it. And, And he's like, oh, my God. Like this is this epic journey of humanity, but it's so big and so scattered. First, I was like, is he a seven? Oh my gosh. But he's not. I really don't think he was because he um, was just doing something huge. And we know when fives are doing their massive creations, like making Facebook or Twitter or whatever else they're doing. It's huge. It's massive. It's overwhelming. There's a lot of tabs open. There's a lot of context switching. There's a lot of hunkering down like we saw in that Facebook movie about Mark Zuckerberg where he's just like, I'm locked in. And that's what happened with Tolkien too. And he'd often say, um, and this is a bit of the three space too, but he'd say like in that five space, like I am focused and nothing can stop me. (laughs) And so I could go on and on about that, but I'll just say one more thing that you know, taking the time to focus and also uh, knowing how to balance is a gift that we can get from him because often he was laid up very sick, very hurt, um, and very self-deprecating and feeling inadequate. And so I want our fives to keep growing. I'm glad he was brave to keep growing. Um, The sixth space is a brave space, as you know, and the whole story is a very six epic tale in that you need a whole fellowship. Sixes are very loyal. So we see a lot of loyalty to Frodo in this task when Frodo has to carry a great burden. Um, And I think of my favorite scripture because I'm always in that space of like, oh, I have a great burden and it's difficult and I'm Frodo. And that's probably why God made my life verse, Matthew 11, 28, 29, come to me, all you who are tired and weary, and I will give you rest. Um, you know, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so I think of that six space as being people to come around Frodo in the fellowship. And I think Tolkien himself had some of this. I think he was more of a five. I don't know if he let in people all that much. Um, I could tell he was a little more guarded and a little more stoic than a six, a little less dependent than a six, but he really greatly benefited from fellowship. And that's how he got his books published. And he was very much often at the mercy of these publishers and kind of having to scale back on what he said, what he asked for, coming very humble, very poor. There were moments in the story, many, many, many moments where um, in his real life stories where he didn't have much. Um, So he had to ask, can I get four copies of The Hobbit that I could give to friends at Christmas at the author's rate. I mean, that's where he was coming from through his late 50s. Um, So having his friends in the Inklings to critique and to help him is a very humble sixth space. And I love that sixes ask for help. Um, And he did do that some, but his fellowship in his books is very sixth. Now in the seventh space is one of mirth and joy. And we know that his 
characters, Mary and Pippin had a lot of this. Now, Tolkien himself loved this, uh, loved going to the pub, loved having a drink, uh, knew the release and relief it would bring, but his seven space was dulled from his cultural overlay of fighting in World War I, uh, having his son, his dearest Christopher, fighting in World War II, um, his youngest, and he did his best to be stoic and also uh, embrace some of that mirth, I think, through story. And I think that's what we do when we're having a hard time, right? Like we watch shows and that's what he did. He found his seven there. So don't forget your seven space, whether you have to write to find it or read to find it or watch something to find it or listen to music. Uh, he had all of these elements except the TV because he was like anti-tech. Um, so just remember that it's it's really important. Obviously, he was before TV for the most part, too. Um, but my point is that he was really um, able to bring these characters out. And of course, these guys represent uh, Mary and Pippin going from boys to men in terms of, uh, you know, super jovial to a little bit more sobered, like men before war and after war, as he saw all around him, Tolkien in his real life. Now, the eight space is a fun one. Of course, on the fun side, in terms of the dark side, um, it was like, you know, we love these epic good versus evil battles. There was this huge battle for uh, power, right? And that's what eights love is power. And so, so many people want that power, but it takes the virtue of innocence, which is the virtue of eight to get to that power. So understand that laying your life down, being a servant leader is the way to power, not leading with dominance. Uh, and that is a huge, huge message in his books. Um, I see his eight also playful. Sometimes when he's writing to his publishers in this book with his letters, where he's just like, um, I just love this one line. And he, it's basically, I'm not going to say it perfectly, but he's writing about like, okay, I know you wanted a sequel to The Hobbit, which was more for children. Like I remember reading The Hobbit with my eighth graders, for instance, um, back when I was teaching at a homeschool co-op. And yes, it's like the perfect age for The Hobbit, right? But some of the people felt like The Hobbit was too mature and a little too dark. And so as he was writing his, what he called his magnum opus, his Lord of the Rings, um, he really decided and proclaimed to the publisher in one of the letters, he's like, I, by the way, this is no bedtime story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is such a great eight line. Like, by the way, this is no bedtime story. So sometimes we have to be able to say like, I don't, uh, you know, have to say immature, I, I can be mature. I can be strong. I can be a leader. Some of you are eight women. Don't forget to be a leader in healthy ways, but also to be a servant leader who knows how to release to God, to friends, to family, to help teach you and to know when you're beat. I noticed that with several of the characters in the story that they were like, oh, I can do this. And then they put on that ring of, you know, the highest, the emperor of Rome. You know, I mentioned last week, Jack, and I just finished reading about the fall of Rome and there needed to be a system of checks and balances. They're, they needed that Senate. They needed um, that dyad to rule. And so uh, it was at least one other person, if not many, to help. And so this is where you come in with the fellowship as an eight, not just you. Um, now, last but not least at all, our nine space is about letting things be. One of the most important characters in The Lord of the Rings is Galadriel, and uh, also the elves themselves have a very ethereal nine, uh, peaceful way about them. And they do go away sometimes for better and for worse. But what we really want to understand in the nine space is there's a great line, once again, I'll just paraphrase, but where uh, they ask this wonderful character, Galadriel, who's this elf sort of angel figure, you know, what would you like to happen in this world? Sorrow and saga. And she says that what will be, will be. And that is a great place to leave your dreams at the feet of God and to 
do your best and to goal get and to focus and to have joy and to have fellowship and to be a helper and to be detailed as we're talking all this through. But to be able to do that with the spirit of release to God for the ultimate destiny, oh, that is the biggest, most epic win. Because then you know you're on the right track, even if you're like, oh, this is hard. It's like, yeah, but I'm supposed to be here. So let's aim for that together. In the nine space, let's also understand the whole underlying gift that he brought to the world with his top bestseller was that he was able to bring peace to the whole world in the sense of he's going through world wars and in real life and on the page. Um, So I really enjoy that his whole goal of this fellowship was to bring peace back to the Shire and to really allow the little people, the common folk to have just normal everyday practical lives. So yes, we want our ideals, right? We want those and we, we strive for those, but being relational and practical has to be um, balanced with these ideals. So I am so grateful. I hope you will join me on the page this week with my book. Um, There are Tolkien references along with Jane Austen, Bronte, uh, some of my favorite songs or some Taylor Swift. Yes, we've put it all in there um, because it's just about uh, bringing that peace to you guys in your marriage. And I love to have my seven, four, and nine spaces most. I went to my five a lot for this writing. I honestly kind of missed that space, Um, but I'm really enjoying the social of my launch team. I can't tell you enough how expansive that makes me to do that. So I hope to meet you on the page when you are in that space of we need peace. We are in conflict and we want to be a sanctuary and oasis together. Um, So coming together through prayer, through reading, um, through just learning, this is my hope for you. Um, Join me for a midweek episode as we trek through more of our heart work together. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.